I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. must see the central narrative. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Wednesday, September 13th, 2023, the 966th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month, and in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms. And of course, Rumble, all I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So the big news from yesterday, at least within the central narrative, is that Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House and House Republicans, are opening up an impeachment inquiry into the fake president, Joe Biden. And let's begin today with a very serious, very somber speech from Kevin McCarthy. You know, the months that we were gone in the weeks 
House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct. Taken together, these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. Now, here's what we know so far. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses have testified that the president joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars into his son's and his son's business partners. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shale companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a trusted FBI informant has alleged a bribe to the Biden family. Biden used his official office to coordinate with Hunter Biden's business partners about Hunter's role in Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company. Finally, despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family has been offered special treatment by Biden's own administration, treatment that not otherwise would have received if they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. It's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the president would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. This effort will be led by Chairman James Comer at the Committee on Oversight in coordination with Chairman Jim Jordan for Judiciary Committee and Chairman Jason Smith on Ways and Means. Now, I do not make this decision lightly. And regardless of your party or who you voted for, these facts should concern all Americans. The American people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale and that the federal government is not being used to cover up the actions of a politically associated family. Now, I would encourage the president and his team to fully cooperate with this investigation in the interests of transparency. We are committed to getting the answers for the American public. Nothing more, nothing less. We will go wherever the evidence takes us. Thank you. So they are opening an official impeachment inquiry. Now, McCarthy made a bunch of claims in there. Those claims have all proven true. There is no doubt about any of those claims unless you are a standard issue villager who is fully addicted to the central narrative. If you have looked into any of these 
claims you have found that there is overwhelming evidence proving that they are true. Joe Biden lied to the American people saying he wasn't involved in his son's business dealings. He participated in phone calls, business meetings, dinners with his son, his son's business partners and the people they were doing business with from overseas. There are bank records and suspicious activity reports showing tens of millions of dollars in payments to the Bidens facilitated by and routed through shell companies. The U.S. Treasury has 150 transactions flagged. There's an FBI informant reporting on bribes. Biden used the office of the vice president, and now he is receiving special treatment from his own fake administration and its Department of Justice. So they are going after the Bidens for abuse of power, obstruction and corruption. Now they have opened an official impeachment inquiry. So the first thing to understand is that an impeachment inquiry is not yet impeachment. They have not impeached Joe Biden yet. This is just the investigation. This is what happens before. And I would suspect that this will be the only thing that happens along these lines. But maybe we'll get to an impeachment vote in the House. And I suspect if we do, that vote will probably fail. I truly doubt that Biden will actually be formally impeached by the House with a trial to happen in the Senate. The Washington Post printed up a little piece yesterday. McCarthy launched an impeachment inquiry into Biden. Here's what it means. What is an impeachment inquiry? The U.S. Constitution grants Congress the power to impeach the president, the vice president and other federal officials for treason, bribery and, quote, other high crimes and misdemeanors. It was intended to be a check on executive power and may result in removal from office. An impeachment inquiry essentially authorizes the investigations within Congress to determine whether someone committed impeachable offenses. When McCarthy announced he would authorize an impeachment inquiry, he tasked three committee chairs, House Oversight Chairman James Comer, in coordination with Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan and Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith, with leading the investigations. They also note, according to the House's historian, the process of pursuing impeachment charges often begins, quote, when the House initiates proceedings by passing a resolution authorizing an inquiry or, quote, when a lawmaker introduces an impeachment resolution. After the House votes on impeachment rules and concludes its investigations, articles of impeachment are typically considered by committee before they are sent to the full House chamber for consideration. The passage of any article of impeachment in the House means the subject has been impeached, the equivalent to an indictment. The impeachment case then moves to the Senate for a trial where the Chief Justice of the United States oversees the proceedings. House-appointed impeachment managers act as prosecutors who lay out the case for the subject's removal from office. Senators act as the jury, with two-thirds of all senators needed to convict and remove the subject from office. So we are nowhere near those stages yet. We are nowhere near the Senate deciding whether or not Joe Biden is going to be convicted. And we aren't even anywhere near the House actually impeaching Joe Biden. This is just the investigation, and this will ostensibly allow them to send out subpoenas for all of the other information they need about all these related issues. Could they already have been doing that without 
an official impeachment inquiry? Well, yes, they could have. But this is just better television, and that's why they're doing it. And you might think that I'm being a little flippant about all that. But think about how Kevin McCarthy started. He began that little speech by saying that in the days and weeks they were away for their summer recess, all this new information came out. Well, we know that that fundamentally is not true. That information has been available for quite a long time. Much of it was in the Grassley and Johnson Senate report from 2020. And most of the rest of it appears in the Marco Polo report on the Biden laptop. So not only did this information not come out within the last couple of months, it didn't even come out within the last year. A lot of it's been around for a long time. The country could have known. Certainly everyone in quote unquote elected office could have and should have known. And all of them very likely did know. The most obvious conclusion to draw from all of this is that this is about timing and this is about optics. Now, despite the fact that the events, the business dealings in question are all from years ago, and despite the fact that this evidence has been around for years and available to the public for years, the response, of course, is that there's no evidence. These are baseless claims, just like everything else. You would think that at some point, even the most child-brained of standard issue villagers on the Uniparty left would understand that when they are told over and over again that there is no evidence that these are baseless claims about things that then turn out to be true, they might want to stop believing the television every time they are told that this or that accusation is a baseless claim with no supporting evidence. But the media is not going to stop pushing that story because what are they going to do? Deal with the evidence? It really is better for them to pretend that none of it exists. At least that buys them the time before the public finds out, which historically has made it so that when the moment of action comes, if it does in fact come, which often in the uniparty system, it does not. The public has already moved on. They're not paying attention. They don't care. And they think that it all really must be bullshit because nothing has happened for so long. That might be one of the most popular responses I get online when talking about election fraud. Well, if all this is true, how come nothing's happened? The fact that nothing's happened means that there's no evidence there, because if there was evidence there, something would have happened. Now, these people don't know anything. Not only do they not know anything about the elections or the evidence of stolen elections, they don't know anything about the law and how long these things take. They can complain all day long about the system of justice when it comes to their pet issue. But the rest of the time, they believe the system of justice functions perfectly. Decisions are made immediately and then order is immediately restored by some authoritative body that is able to restore authority immediately. It's clear how ridiculous all that is. That would be like expecting a murderer to go turn himself in, supply all the evidence of his guilt, convince the jurors that he is guilty, walk himself down to prison, put himself in a cell, close the door and throw away the key. Just wrap it up nice and quick. The people who stole the election are going to tell on themselves, leave office and just hand it over to Donald Trump. If that was going to happen, they wouldn't have bothered stealing it in the first place. So their plan is to protect the theft of the election and to do that for as long as possible by whatever means necessary. 
criminals turning themselves in for their crimes and then justice being achieved quickly is not the state of the world. Therefore, when those things fail to happen in some short amount of time, that's not proof at all that the underlying crime did not happen. And if you happen to be related or care about the victim of the crime, you're not just going to turn around and stop paying attention. The amount of time since the stolen election of 2020 has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on the underlying evidence of that stolen election or the underlying truth of that stolen election. And the victims of that stolen election of that crime, which truthfully are all Americans, despite the fact that many of them just don't care, do not need to move on because justice has not been achieved. Think about the total inversion within the false reality represented there in the minds of these standard issue villagers telling people that they should move on and forget about the election of 2020 because the fact that it hasn't been resolved yet means that somehow it didn't happen. They think that if the system is so corrupt that you can't achieve justice in a proper amount of time, that means that no crime was committed. It is absolutely insane to expect the system of power that commits the crime to also prosecute those involved in perpetrating it. So without ever examining the evidence or even looking for the evidence, they claim that because nothing has been done for so long, there must not be evidence. And that is what the media is claiming about the fake president, Joe Biden, who has absolutely led a five decade long history in public office where his primary concern has been political criminality and corruption, at least when he's not busy, quote unquote, writing legislation that takes away the rights of Americans. He's bragged many times about the crime bills he wrote in the 90s that have incarcerated astounding numbers of black men. But that wasn't all. This video went around on Monday on the anniversary of 9-11. This is Senator Joe Biden speaking in a hearing to none other than Robert Mueller. House of well, Representatives and the Republican House. And that civil it. libertarians were opposed to it. Right after 1994, and you can ask the Attorney General this, because I got a call when he introduced the Patriot Act. He said, Joe, I'm introducing the act basically as you wrote it in 1994. It was defeated then, not by any liberals. It was defeated then by the folks who worried that we'd have the Minutemen would get in trouble, by the Mr. Bars of the world, who were worried about the right wing, not anything else. So just, that has nothing to do with you all, but just to set the record straight, almost the same thing that got passed, the Patriot Act, was introduced by me in 1994, and it was the right wing that defeated it. You guys tried to help get it passed, including um, the wiretap changes and the rest. So, so there we have Joe Biden bragging about having originally written the Patriot Act. And when Joe Biden is talking about writing legislation, what he means is that donors, think tanks or lobbying groups have written legislation and Joe Biden puts his name on it and brings it to the Congress. His job is literally facilitating political corruption and doing the bidding of people much more powerful than he is. He has been selling out his office for 50 years, and he was literally mentored in politics for three decades by a Klan leader. But the media still goes out and tells their gullible audience, that there is no evidence of anything. These are all baseless claims. 
Here is Republican Representative Scott Perry fielding a question like this from a reporter who happens to not even be American. What actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you? Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. uh, This isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, on, or the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political it's revenge. It's because you don't report on it. I'm not sure how you know what the American people think, but here's what they might want. What actual evidence do you have? And he runs through much of that evidence. Why haven't the American people seen it? Well, you don't report on it. And she actually responds, well, we're here today reporting on it. Oh, cool. Only three and a half years after you were first provided evidence about a man whose entire career is filled with exactly that kind of evidence, much of it that's been well-reported for decades. But it doesn't count as evidence until the authoritative source decides that it counts as evidence, and until that moment, it's not evidence. It doesn't matter how much evidence there is, it's not evidence until the authoritative source decides it is evidence. And we can see how this works in reverse as well. The semi-popular attention farmers on X, formerly Twitter, the Krasenstein brothers, those uniparty left intelligence cutouts, it seems, put up a post within the last 24 hours talking about how Donald Trump's indictments contain 200 pages of evidence. But there's no evidence on the Biden family. Now, again, we have decades and decades of evidence on the Biden family and reporting about that evidence for decades. They have the laptop. They have the suspicious activity reports. They have records from the Treasury. They have FBI informant testimony. They have phone calls and business meetings and pictures at dinner and on the golf course. And the 200 pages of evidence they're referring to when talking about Donald Trump That's them adding up the pages of the written indictments that are not themselves evidence. And we have covered that extensively on this show. By itself, the fact that our elections are routinely stolen defeats most of the claims contained within those indictments. They're premised on the fact that Donald Trump is lying and knowingly lying about something that is already provably true and will be proven true before the country throughout these trials. So accusations by corrupt prosecutors that can easily be refuted constitute evidence, but everything I just described that they have on the Bidens does not constitute evidence because the authoritative source has not yet said it does. 
Now, as you might suspect, the uniparty left communists within our government are doubling down on the media's claims that there is no evidence that the whole thing is a sham and they are actually coordinating with the media. Some of the comments, Dr. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, just kidding, she's not a doctor. She says, I think he's making a joke of himself talking about Kevin McCarthy. What I find most amusing is that he has opened an impeachment inquiry, and it seems as though they are opening an inquiry into themselves as to why they're even trying to impeach President Biden. Oh, well, that is just a genius insight. They're actually opening the inquiry into themselves. She went on to talk about how she thinks this is all a waste of resources. She says that includes these kind of wild goose chases where the Republican Party is investing millions of dollars in government funds in trying to go after an investigation of a president that has no grounds. That is very interesting because, as you might recall, there were two fake impeachments of President Donald J. Trump founded on absolutely nothing. The first one was an attempt to cover up the investigation into these very crimes committed by Joe Biden overseas. And the second one was to make sure Donald Trump could just never be president again, even though at the time the impeachment happened, Donald Trump was, quote unquote, not president. That one, of course, was for staging a very violent insurrection in order to overturn the results of a free and fair election. And again, you can see the inversion of reality. She's concerned that millions of dollars of government funds, government funds, it's the government's money, are being wasted. And the investigation of the president has no grounds. And she's saying this after eight years of constantly pursuing Donald Trump while wasting the people's money on investigations that are totally groundless. Friar Cuck Jamie Raskin said, we launched our time in this Congress saying that we would be the truth squad. We would stand up in defense of the facts. We are also standing up in defense of the Constitution. The Constitution specifies that people are impeached for treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. There's evidence of none of those against Joe Biden. He went on to say, I mean, any parent knows you can't give in to kids who are having a temper tantrum and says, so today they're demanding impeachment. Tomorrow, they're demanding a shutdown of the government. I think McCarthy thought that he could choose one or the other, which is just an unethical choice. Hey, Friar Cuck, let's go ahead and have both. Or at least we can watch both play out in the central narrative, understanding that that is just a show, an optical illusion for things that are already baked into the cake. We do not need to impeach a fake, illegitimate president. It is not the proper way to remove him. And because of that, you can be sure that he will not be removed in this way. As is basically always the case now, we can see the narratives from before while Trump was the target of these investigations, etc., being turned right back around. And here is another one of those. This is New York Senator Chuck Schumer, who is in a never-ending contest with Jerry Nadler to see who most looks like Danny DeVito's portrayal of the Penguin in one of those old Batman movies. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and 
uh, witch hunts. The bottom line is, as we've said, you can only accomplish keeping the government open in a bipartisan way. So Chuck Schumer, one of the leaders of the Uniparty left who regularly steals elections and is in office this long because of exactly that, is now claiming to know about and care what Americans think. They don't want an impeachment of the criminal fake president. What they really want is for the government to continue being funded, even though every time that conversation comes up, it's proven that the American people don't want that. And this latest debt ceiling battle will continue. The narrative will keep building until the end of the month. We are around the circle almost all the way for another rerun on the debt ceiling. And I would guess, though, I don't know. We will see another extension through a continuing resolution and we will get another rerun of it in December and then we will get more reruns of it next year as this whole thing finally spirals down to its logical conclusion. I have a feeling that we will have this story rerun over and over and over again because it is important for people to understand that the government is wasting their money and creating it whenever they want, in order to waste more of it while consistently pinning it all on the backs of Americans and essentially committing them to a lifetime of indentured servitude. That is why they are so happy that everyone registers their babies when they're born. Stick a number on that one and let's get the indoctrination started. We need to put that kid to work. So the media is out there saying no evidence, baseless claims, all of this is a sham. The prominent members of the Uniparty left are out there saying no evidence, baseless claims, all of this is a sham, and the illegitimate president and his illegitimate administration are attempting to go on offense and reinforce these points. Last night, a memo was sent to the editorial leadership at U.S. news media organizations from Ian Sams, the special assistant to the president and senior advisor and spokesman for the White House counsel's office. So the illegitimate administration is sending out a memo to the leadership of U.S. media organizations trying to tell them how to cover the impeachment inquiry and the illegitimate administration. The subject of this memo says it's time for the media to do more to scrutinize House Republicans demonstrably false claims that they're basing impeachment stunt on. And that is very, very bad for formal writing. They should not be ending their sentences with prepositions. After nearly nine months of investigating, House Republicans haven't been able to turn up any evidence of the president doing anything wrong. And perhaps that would be true if he was referring to the real president, the duly elected president, but it absolutely is not true concerning the fake president. But House Republicans led by Marjorie Taylor Greene are nonetheless opening a baseless impeachment inquiry of President Biden, despite many House Republicans openly admitting there is no evidence on which to support it. Impeachment is grave, rare and historic. The Constitution requires, quote, treason, bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors, end quote. But House Republicans are publicly stating they have uncovered none of these things. And we will get into this, but let's first note what they are doing. This is a misdirection. This is a logical fallacy. They are saying that because certain Republicans say that these claims aren't true, 
that means the claims aren't true. You are supposed to read it as these are the only honest Republicans. This is what they spoon feed to the uniparty left and the uniparty right. The uniparty right is always happy to agree with these sorts of Republicans, the ones they label as serious because of their adherence to the uniparty agenda. These are the ones who aren't like those crazy MAGA Republicans. These are the ones you can trust. Republican Ken Buck said, the time for impeachment is the time when there's evidence linking President Biden, if there's evidence linking President Biden to a high crime or misdemeanor, but that the evidence, quote, doesn't exist right now. He has also said, quote, I don't think that evidence has been presented connecting President Biden to wrongdoing and that, quote, I'm not convinced that that evidence exists. So there it is. Ken Buck, Republican, says that he's not convinced the evidence exists Therefore, it doesn't exist. Baseless claims. The whole thing is a waste of time and money. Republican Dave Joyce of Ohio told Forbes he is, quote, not seeing facts or evidence, end quote. That would merit an impeachment inquiry. Oh, those five words that they've inserted in that quote. I guess that settles it. No evidence. Dusty Johnson from South Dakota told CNN that, quote, there is a constitutional and legal test that you have to meet with evidence, end quote, when it comes to impeachment and that he has, quote, not seen that evidence. He has not seen it. Therefore, it does not exist. Representative Don Bacon of Nebraska. I think before we move on to an impeachment inquiry, we should there should be a direct link to the president in some evidence. We should have some clear evidence of a high crime or misdemeanor, not just assuming there may be one. I think we need to have more concrete evidence to go down that path. No evidence, baseless claims, no evidence, baseless claims. Representative French Hill from Arkansas. He told CBS that House Republicans have not, quote, even remotely completed their work on the kind of detailed investigations and quality work, end quote, needed to proceed to an impeachment. Well, that's why they're only doing an impeachment inquiry. This is the detailed investigation. These people are unbelievable, honestly. And so is the illegitimate administration in using these arguments. And so is the media for repeating them. And most of all, so are the child brain standard issue villagers who are still suckers enough to take these explanations and think that they're true and substantial and that they can take them out into the world and sound smart. And you have to understand what that is. They will repeat these slogans. They will repeat them to you and think that they are all true. And you will think, well, I guess this person might have looked into it, but they haven't. And that's when you say, hey, Kami, you don't really believe that, do you? Honestly, ask them to substantiate any of their claims. Ask them if they know what is even being claimed and ask them if they know what the evidence is, at least according to the Republicans opening this inquiry that would support such an inquiry. I can guarantee you they will not be able to have the conversation any further than they just did. They gave you their best. They said no evidence, baseless claims, as they have been told to say, there is absolutely nothing else behind that. And you will be certain that's true as soon as you say, hey, Kami, you don't really believe that, do you? And ask them a couple questions. They will have no answers. They will get mad. 
then they will either start insulting you or simply walk away and end the discussion. They might even give you the old, ah, there are more important things in our lives to spend time on, not this silly political nonsense. Well, okay, commie, I guess let me know if you still think the same thing once it is obvious to absolutely everyone that we live in a dystopian communist hellhole. Representative Mike Lawler said, quote, with respect to impeachment, we're not there yet, end quote. Well, that's literally true. We are not there yet. All that's happened is that McCarthy has announced an impeachment inquiry. Nancy Pelosi announced an impeachment inquiry in September of 2019. The official impeachment vote did not happen until December of 2019. Now we are in September of 2023. When do you think we will see a formal impeachment vote if we see one at all? I would suspect not earlier than December. So this process is going to take a while to play out. Representative Chuck Edwards of North Carolina said in a House hearing, quote, I've heard over and over that President Biden has not been implicated or proven for any wrongdoing here, and I acknowledge that. And again, all of this is in a memo coming from the illegitimate White House. This is what they feel is their strongest defense. This is what they are pushing the media to disseminate to the public. They want everybody to know that, hey, there's this handful of Republicans who say none of this is true. Normally, we say that no one can trust a Republican at all. But in this case, trust Republicans. Don't look at any of the evidence. Ignore this whole thing and it'll all go away. In the memo, they also note a Republican lawmaker told CNN they're not even naming which lawmaker appeared on television to say these comments. But here's the quote. There's no evidence that Joe Biden got money. There's just no evidence of that. And they can't impeach without that evidence. And I don't think the evidence exists. Man, with a statement that bold and that strong and that well-informed, you would think that they would want to credit this Republican lawmaker with that statement. A senior House Republican aide told Politico, quote, we haven't proven the case for impeachment yet. How can you start impeachment? We haven't done what you need to do to start impeachment. Well, hey, commies, it's kind of too late for that, considering that the impeachment inquiry has already started without the thing that you say needs to happen happening. This is the inquiry. This is the investigation. So I guess we'll just find out what's there, won't we? Back to the memo. CNN has reported that, quote, there are as many as 30 House Republicans who don't believe there's enough evidence yet for impeachment, end quote. Perhaps that is why, despite vowing just days ago that any impeachment inquiry would be opened by a vote of the House, Speaker McCarthy has gone against his own demands in 2019 to open an inquiry unilaterally, flip-flopping on his own commitment to a vote. Oh no, how dare he? He did the same thing the Democrats did in 2019? You have to love how they want to hold him accountable for going back on something they claim he has said, even though what he's doing is directly in line with the principles expressed by these very same people four years ago. But reporting that solely focuses on process rather than substance is woefully inadequate 
when it comes to something as historically grave as impeachment. Oh, historically grave, eh? They impeached a president who they claimed was former president. He wasn't even in office and they attempted to impeach him for starting a very violent insurrection after he had said, let's all walk peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol and let our voices be heard. He requested peace throughout the day. He requested respect for law enforcement. And then he requested that the crowd disperse, which they did. The people didn't arrive to the Capitol armed, ready to take over the government. They walked through between the velvet ropes, snapping pictures in the rotunda. And yes, there were people doing bad things that day. But Donald Trump had no involvement with any of that. And that's why no involvement with any of that has been established after over two and a half years of constant talk and investigation and the House's very legitimate sham January 6th committee. It's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. And I said it that way because it's all in bold in the letter. This is the key command and the illegitimate Biden White House wants to make sure that even the child brains in the media don't miss it all in bold. It's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. They want to scrutinize the House Republicans for opening the impeachment inquiry. Why aren't they saying it's time for the media to scrutinize all of these claims and make sure that the public knows these claims aren't true? But nope, scrutinize the people making the claims. When even House Republican members are admitting there is simply no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong, much less impeachable, that should set off alarm bells for news organizations. Well, hey, OK, but that's not what's happening. And a few Republican members saying something is not evidence of anything. For years, Republicans in Congress have tried to muddy the waters by attracting media coverage of their allegations as they choose to move forward with impeachment. It is the responsibility of the independent press to treat their claims with the appropriate scrutiny. Oh, the independent press. Why did he send this? To the leadership of major U.S. media organizations. That's literally who the memo is addressed to. That's not the independent press. These media organizations are owned by the biggest transnational corporations in the world. They are allowed by the government to print propaganda. They work in coordination with groups like the Trusted News Initiative. The corporations that own them work in organizations, in partnership with global governing bodies. There is nothing independent about any of these media organizations. Covering impeachment as a process story, Republicans say X, but the White House says Y, is a disservice to the American public who relies on the independent press to hold those in power accountable. This is all just total inversion within the false reality. Presenting the claims of both sides is biased journalism, and what they should do is repeat the claims of the illegitimate White House and some uniparty right members of Congress, telling the public that these are the true claims, the other claims are the false claims, we've looked into it all, so you don't have to. In fact, when you start hearing about any of this, ignore it, knowing that it is all false. 
And in the modern media environment where every day liars and hucksters peddle disinformation and lies everywhere from Facebook to Fox, process stories that fail to unpack the illegitimacy of the claims on which House Republicans are basing all their actions only serve to generate confusion, put false premises in people's feeds and obscure the truth. This sounds like it is taken straight from Orwell or from Fahrenheit 9-11, or from any number of other dystopian science fiction books, movies, etc. You have to wonder eventually if people can't recognize it simply because it's so blatant and so in their faces. There's no way that they could possibly lie about something like this. Consider the level of conditioning that has been inflicted upon the minds of the American people in order to convince them to analyze information this way. House Republican leaders should be held accountable for the fact that they are lurching toward impeachment over allegations that are not only unfounded, but in virtually all cases have been actively disproven, including by witnesses and documents in their own investigations, as well as years old congressional probes and even the former president's first impeachment inquiry. And it is truly amazing that these people have the temerity to even bring that up. The first impeachment hoax against Donald Trump was about investigations of the Biden family business in Ukraine. You might remember Adam Schiff reading a false transcript of the phone call into the congressional record as one of the bases for the impeachment in the first place. And then you might remember the hearings where all of these globalist neocon criminals attempted to make the case against Donald Trump and failed to make it at every turn. The entire thing was ridiculous. And now the fake president's illegitimate administration is pretending that evidence that came out during that impeachment actually exonerates Joe Biden. Here is the conclusion of the memo. As you begin to cover the House GOP's impeachment push more intensely, enclosed, you will find a 14-page appendix that comprehensively addresses the seven key lies House Republicans are suggesting they are basing an impeachment on. Again, ending a sentence with on is no good. We hope this document helps provide you with factual information useful in your reporting on their unprecedented, unfounded claims underlying an impeachment inquiry without any evidence of wrongdoing. No evidence, baseless claims, just like always, just like election fraud, just like the lab leak theory of COVID, just like the idea that COVID vaccines are not very safe, not very effective. No evidence, baseless claims, government's involvement in censorship. Nope, just didn't happen. Doesn't matter what's in the FOIA documents, doesn't matter what's in the Twitter files. None of that is evidence until the authoritative source deems it to be evidence. And at that point, sure, it would be evidence that proves all of these crimes, but it's not evidence. These are baseless claims. This is really the defense they're using. There's nothing else to it. It's just that they're just saying that the evidence is not evidence. And they're convincing people that because the evidence isn't evidence, it's not worth looking at the evidence knowing that it's not evidence. So don't look at it and then you will agree that there is no evidence. The same thing over and over again and the same people keep falling for it. Now, thankfully, some of those people have begun to recognize this trick. And when you see it again and again and again, eventually it stops working. And when it stops working, you think, wow, Could these people be lying about everything? 
And it turns out, yes, they could be lying about everything. They lied to you about a pandemic. There's nothing they would not lie to you about. They lied to you about a pandemic. They convince people that everyone's grandmother would be murdered unless everyone obeyed. And they lied about every little bit of it. Of course they would lie about whether or not there was evidence of Joe Biden's political corruption in office. But there is a hint contained within all of this. The illegitimate administration, the fake White House, the global regime, all of them know that there is no chance Joe Biden is actually going to be impeached by the House and removed by the Senate. Even if somehow he is impeached by the House, there is no way in the world he will be removed by two thirds of the Senate. That just is not going to happen. So what does the win loss calculation look like when the game that's being played does not have the prize of actually impeaching Joe Biden? Both sides know that Joe Biden will not be removed by the Senate, even if he is somehow impeached by the House, which I personally do not see happening. Knowing that's the case, it cannot then be the goal of Republicans to actually impeach and remove Joe Biden, knowing that it will not happen. And it cannot be the goal of Democrats to avoid something that they know is not going to happen. Now, again, the R&D blue and red Republican Democrat paradigm does not exist. It does not matter. But this is a central narrative event, and at least optically, it will play out in the central narrative paradigm of this two-party system. Regardless, on the actual good side, prepared to expose and prosecute the regime, the purpose of this is the disclosure of all of this information about the Biden family's history of political corruption and criminality and the fact that Joe Biden for five decades has sold his office to corporations and foreign adversaries and that he has done so in order to become a wealthy and powerful man on the regime side of things. Their goal is to make sure that the American public does not believe any of that to be true to the extent they can, and then cover up everyone else who might be exposed in the process. If they have to take down Joe Biden, so be it. There are already plenty of people on the side of the regime who do not want Joe Biden to quote unquote run in the very real election that will happen next year. The purpose of all of this from both sides is guiding the collective mind. It's forming public belief. Did Joe Biden do this or did he not? This is going to be a disclosure operation. These decisions will be made in the court of public opinion, which is, again, the highest court in the land. The people are the ultimate authority in a government of by and for the people. Now, you can say we don't have that, and maybe you're right, but that is still the goal, and that is how we must act in order to achieve that goal. If you give up on that in principle and in theory, you might as well give up on the whole thing. Impeachment can fail. The justice system can fail. And regardless of any of that, Joe Biden will still be guilty. And the information proves him guilty, particularly within the court of public opinion. This is an information war, and the battle is won by proving the truth to the collective mind in the face of all of the lies coming in from the system of power. That's how this game works, and that's what's playing out. Doesn't matter that Joe Biden will not be impeached. Joe Biden should not be impeached because Joe Biden is not a legitimate president. 
I have been saying this constantly since January of 2021. Joe Biden is not president. Joe Biden will never be president. Impeachment is the way you remove a president. Joe Biden's not the president. So why impeach him? Joe Biden's illegitimacy can be proven and Joe Biden can then be removed and the court of public opinion will render that verdict. That is the point. Now, there are also those on our side who have different reasons to oppose these impeachment efforts. Some believe it's a distraction. Some believe it's a cover up operation. All of these ideas are inserted into the narrative and they will play out as people discover whether these claims map onto reality. These are warnings about things to look out for and things to understand. That's how the information operation is progressing. That's how we should take the new information as it comes in. What does this mean? Does it map onto reality? Regardless of whether it proves ultimately true, will we discover greater truths by considering this idea? And I'm going to show a couple examples here. First, Cash Patel. Cash has been making the case for months that impeaching Joe Biden is not the goal. That should not be where the efforts and the resources are directed. Instead, they should be focused on impeaching Chris Ray and Alejandro Mayorkas. So let's hear what Cash has to say. Inside that story, the New York Times is actually reporting uh, that private friends of Biden are saying that there's he just can't say no to Hunter. And yet when it comes to his business dealing specifically, but yet Biden has been telling us all along that he never talks to Hunter Biden about his business dealings. And yet this is the type of reporting we get from the liberal media, the New York Times, literally admitting that he's had conversations clearly with Hunter about business dealings because he can't say no. And yet they won't connect the dots. It's the not the connect the dots strategy by the liberal media here. No, you're right. And look, and Joe Biden will shout back saying, you know, I love my son. We're not questioning his love for his son or his family. That's not what this is about. That's a political distraction. And when the New York Times comes front and center and says Joe Biden does not have the ability to say no and is causing political and criminal harm, that means, you know, the Democratic institution, the machine is moving to get Joe Biden out of the way, which is another reason why I think this impeachment inquiry by the Republicans is doing the dirty work for the Democratic Party. They're not stupid. They don't want him to run either. And they are now looking for an exit strategy when you have people like The New York Times and The Washington Post saying how politically damaging it is to Joe Biden when he is protecting the criminal conduct of himself and his son and his family. Now, of course, I think I have the best case for why impeachment isn't going to happen, which is that Joe Biden is not an illegitimate president. But Cash is presenting the idea that this could actually be helping the Democrats because they don't want Joe Biden to be the candidate next year in the very real election. They want it to be somebody else. Maybe it's Big Mike. Maybe it's Gavin Newsom. Maybe it's cackling Kamala. Who knows? But Joe Biden is a national embarrassment. And the idea that people will believe that he somehow garnered a hundred million real lawful American votes next year is absolutely crazy. No one's going to believe that. There is not enough hate in the world, much less Trump hate, in order to convince people that Joe Biden is going to go out there and get 100 million real lawful American votes, because that's probably what they would end up needing next time. If we actually have that election under these same terms from our past elections, 
you can bet that the number they would have to generate for Biden would be so far beyond what anyone could possibly believe. Not that 81 million makes any sense. So Cash posits that perhaps the Republicans in Congress who we can't trust are actually doing the regime's dirty work, the Democrats' dirty work, by helping them get Joe Biden out of the picture. And he has suggested before that this is not where the effort and the resources should be directed. It should be directed to members of the administration for whom impeachment would be a better solution. He has been saying all year that subpoenas and demands for information should be sent out constantly to get all the evidence on what these people have done and consistently bemoaning the delays and the obstruction that have slowed that process down and kept all of this information from the American people. We also have Representative Matt Gates of Florida in opposition to this. Now, Matt Gates is generally considered to be one of the most MAGA members of Congress. I personally have a substantial amount of trust that Matt Gates is actually doing what he is meant to be doing, which does not mean that I agree with every word that he says. It just means that I think he is doing what he is meant to be doing. I think that he is moving methodically in the right direction and bringing forward important truths and important ideas in a variety of ways that aren't necessarily always pleasing to people on our side. We have a lot of people who aren't quite in tune with the same things that we talk about on a regular basis, and those people are all about an impeachment. They want to hear our firebrands going after Joe Biden and saying how hard we have to impeach him. We're impeaching him, but we need to impeach him even harder. We need to impeach him so hard, the hardest. Joe Biden needs to be impeached. We must get rid of Joe Biden. And when that doesn't work, well, then we need to make sure that someone will defeat Joe Biden in our election next year. And that's why we need to support Ron DeSantis, because the regime won't rig an election for Ron. And of course, those people don't know very much, which is what leads them to having thoughts like that. Joe Biden is not your primary problem. The primary problem is the uniparty. Joe Biden didn't put himself in office and the people certainly did not put Joe Biden in office. The uniparty put Joe Biden in office. And as long as they can continue to put their choices in office, we will not have a country. The point is not to be pining away for impeachment. The point is to deeply understand what's going on. So let's get the Matt Gates perspective. Notice, Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We have had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There's been no full release of the January 6th tapes. As you promised, there has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. And instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit, you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are eight months later and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and 
you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the speaker isn't real. At this point during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. Power of the subpoena and power of the purse. Only thing the 118th Congress is known for at this point is electing Kevin McCarthy speaker and underwriting Biden's debt. And unfortunately, there's only one of those things we can remediate at this time. Power of the purse. Our leadership right now is asking us to vote for a continuing resolution. A vote for a continuing resolution is a vote to continue the Green New Deal, a vote to continue inflationary spending. And in the most troubling of fashions, a vote for a continuing resolution is a vote to continue the election interference of Jack Smith. Mr. Speaker, we told you how to use the power of the purse. Individual, single subject spending bills that would allow us to have specific review, programmatic analysis, and it would allow us to zero out the salaries of the bureaucrats who have broken bad, targeted President Trump, or cut sweetheart deals for Hunter Biden. September 30th is rapidly approaching, and you have not put us in a position to succeed. There is no way to pass all the individual appropriations bills now, and it's not like we didn't know when September 30th was gonna show up on the calendar. I must be better. You must be better, and this House must be better, for it is the last best hope for tens of millions of Republicans. We demand real oversight against this weaponized government. Just look at the bribery. If tens of millions of dollars flowing from foreign corrupt people into the bank accounts of the Biden family wasn't enough for actual impeachment, why were we even looking? Joe Biden deserves impeachment for converting the vice presidency into an ATM machine for virtually his entire family. We all see it. We all know it. Now, moments ago, Speaker McCarthy endorsed an impeachment inquiry. This is a baby step following weeks of pressure from House conservatives to do more. We must move faster. Now, I will concede that the votes I have called for will likely fail term limits, balanced budgets, maybe even impeachment. I am prepared for that eventuality because at least if we take votes, the American people get to see who's fighting for them and who's willing to tolerate more corruption and business as usual. Mr. Speaker, dust off our written January agreement. You have a copy. Reflect on the spirit of that agreement and build on the start that we had moments ago. Begin to comply. No continuing resolutions, individual spending bills are bust, votes on balanced budgets and term limits, subpoenas for Hunter Biden and the members of the Biden family who've been grifting off of this country and the impeachment for Joe Biden that he so richly deserves. Do these things or face a motion to vacate the chair. And let me alert the country, a motion to vacate might not pass at first, but it might before the 15th vote. And if Democrats bail out McCarthy, as they may do, then I will lead the resistance to this uniparty and the Biden-McCarthy-Jeffries government that they are attempting to build. I know that Washington isn't a town where people are known for keeping their word. Well, Speaker McCarthy, I'm here to hold you to yours. I yield back. So McCarthy is using half measures and not moving quickly enough. Matt Gates has basically represented the voice of the MAGA Republican opposition to Kevin McCarthy as speaker during the speaker vote and ever since. 
We have all of those establishment Republicans saying there's no evidence against the Bidens. We should not impeach at all. What we should be doing is figuring out ways to continue funding the government, using the American people's money to accomplish all of these global regime agenda items. That's what the quote unquote American people sent us here to do. Then you've got Kevin McCarthy, who's playing it pretty close to the vest, pretty straight down the middle. And then you've got people like Matt Gates representing the MAGA wing and even the voice of that more Republican normie sphere, the people who are still going on about their lives as normal, but just know that something must be done because what's going on right now is unsustainable. They're not all that tuned in. But stuff like this activates them and keeps them active. So we have different approaches to different people, getting them to eventually learn the same lessons and hopefully end up in the same place. We are presented with a number of different narrative options. We can choose from among those. And as we follow those paths, the paths eventually converge and we end up with a common understanding. That's how the process has been working for a long time. That is how we will continue to see it working. As is often the case, this is the total inversion of what we are accustomed to from the uniparty regime media. Their general method is to give us a variety of stories that all indicate the people on the other side are very, very bad. You might have black people that think Republicans are racist. You have the pronoun people who pretend that Republicans are transphobic. You have the hairy armpit women who say that Republicans are sexist. You have the maskies and vaxies sitting at home, pretending to work on their laptops while they shop on Amazon, ordering Uber Eats and watching Netflix all day, claiming that Republicans are destroying the planet and killing your grandma. And all of those types of people are fed different narratives to continue enforcing those ideas while all bringing them together under the common understanding that those Trump supporters are very, very evil. And so you must hate them on this side of things. The reality oriented side of things we're being given a couple different arguments, a couple different viewpoints about impeachment, what it is used for. When are the right times to use it? What is the process like? And as we learn all of those things, these narratives will converge and people will ultimately agree that impeachment is not the desired outcome in this situation. I imagine by the time this particular narrative operation winds down, we will see people who are ostensibly Biden supporters making the case for why Biden should be impeached because he has been weakened to an unimaginable point that would make all of them certain Biden cannot win an election. We might eventually see Democrats hoping that House Republicans will do their dirty work for them, as Cash Patel suggests, and remove Biden through impeachment. Now, Matt Gates also brought up the narrative about the potential motion to vacate the chair. This was part of the agreement that was signed when the 20 holdouts decided to go along with the more establishment Republicans in Congress and vote to approve Kevin McCarthy in his speakership. We covered all of that extensively throughout that part of the process. The more MAGA wing, the more populist wing is now bringing up the idea that there could be a motion to vacate the chair. And the suggestion is that Kevin McCarthy might be helped by Democrats to maintain his speakership 
as a result of the belief that he is more willing to do the bidding of the regime and to work across the aisle, so to speak. I think that there's at least a possibility we might see that motion to vacate. And at that point, who knows? Does Kevin McCarthy lose the speakership? Who replaces him? Does anyone? But that is all for a future episode of this show as we watch it play out. And it's funny, Matt Gates actually said, that's how you know that McCarthy's display is just not real. Now, I want to focus just a second on the role Matt Gates is playing here, because it's not that I don't think he's being real, but I do think that he is representing one very particular, very narrow view on reality. And I'm sure that he holds this view to some extent, but also that there is more going on even within his own viewpoint. I made the point a couple of months ago after the John Durham hearings that Matt Gates was going after Durham so hard to make the point that more should happen and that the people demand for more to happen. The people do not believe that justice was the result of the Durham probe. And that's certainly true. But bringing justice at the end of the Durham probe was not the point of the Durham probe. The Durham probe was to collect and vet and refine and expose all of the evidence surrounding those particular issues. And in doing so, close off that node in what will be a potential much larger RICO prosecution, which we can understand a template is being set for right now in this Fannie Willis indictment. My point at the time was Matt Gates is saying what needs to be said to represent a certain viewpoint of MAGA, of American populists, of the frustration that exists within the country over all of this justice delay, but that John Durham's investigation was not only not a failure, it was a great success in preparing exactly what needed to be prepared and closing off that node in a larger future RICO prosecution. Now, we discussed this a bit over the weekend at GART 2, and here's a little clip from Kyle from Just Human explaining how the evidence from the Durham investigation, and remember, there was also a classified appendix that the public has not seen yet, but that the evidence from the Durham investigation is now being used in other efforts. Sure. Okay, so um, that nothing burger, toll cover-up job, Durham report, you know, you guys remember that thing? It's completely meaningless, did no good at all. Well, it is now being used in two important cases that were kind of almost dead. One being Trump's civil RICO case against Hillary Clinton and her cohorts. Y'all may remember that. Um, it got thrown out and it was um, in the process of handing out sanctions. All the people that he filed against were now filing for sanctions against Trump and his attorneys for bringing the case in the first place. They wanted the judge to award them attorney's fees. Um, well, now that we have the Durham report, Alina Haba and Trump's lawyers um, have introduced that in that case and said, look, this judge needs to be thrown out. And we're signing the Durham report because, as you know, the Durham report details all the things that Trump alleged happened to him and was the basis. So now that case has this brand new life breathed into it, and it has so much more support thanks to the Durham report, which, of course, was a nothing burger and means nothing. So uh, the other case 
is the Seth Rich laptop FOIA case, which is brought by Brian Huddleston. That case was kind of on the downturn, wrapping up. DOJ said that they'd already given you everything that was responsive and the stuff that we have that's in digital evidence, we don't have to give to you per our policy. So we're done, just, we're done. Give it up, Brian Huddleston. Well, now Brian Huddleston, his lawyer, Ty Clevenger, said, well, we just got the Durham report, and the Durham report says that you guys have more evidence on this because Durham looked at these things. So the Durham report, that's two important cases that, as we thought, the Durham report has, is, it's paying off, but the dividends of it aren't immediate, right? They, they, it's coming up later, and it's being used in more cases, and it's going to keep popping up in places. And yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So think about what we had. We had Matt Gates upset with John Durham. John Durham did not bring justice to the American people, even though his investigation spanned five years. Matt Gates was voicing the frustration of the MAGA movement and of populist America, of anyone who knows that the government here is corrupt and continues to go unaccountable. Now, was that the right take on what John Durham had done? No, I don't believe it is. And I think that you can see with what Kyle just described that we were right about all of that information from the Durham investigation being used in the future. The point was not achieving justice through the Durham investigation. The point was establishing an evidentiary basis for justice in future efforts. So I think that what Matt Gates is doing is the same here. He is voicing the frustration of MAGA, of America First, and of most responsible, informed American citizens at this point. He's saying this is not good enough and more should be done. And the truth is more should be done, but it doesn't mean impeach Biden harder. It is more just a simple understanding that the current situation is untenable and that because of that, the country itself is falling apart. It is acceptable to express that frustration and voice that frustration while also understanding that another process is playing out. There are many viewpoints about the issue and over the course of this disclosure operation, those narratives, those varying viewpoints will merge. So what is Donald Trump's view of all this? Well, you'd think that first and foremost, he would know that Joe Biden is not in any way a legitimate president and therefore cannot and will not be impeached as president. But the current narrative operation continues. And today, the New York Times and other outlets are running headlines like these. Trump has been privately encouraging GOP lawmakers to impeach Biden. And of course, this is Jonathan Swan, formerly of Axios who interviewed Trump during the 2020 campaign and good old Maggie Haberman on a sweeping patio overlooking the golf course at his private club in Bedminster, New Jersey, former president Donald J. Trump dined Sunday night with a close political ally, Marjorie Taylor Greene. It was a chance for the former president to catch up with the hard right Georgia congresswoman, but over halibut and diet Cokes, Ms. Green brought up an issue of considerable interest to Mr. Trump, the push by House Republicans to impeach his likely opponent in next year's election. I did brief him on the strategy that I want to see laid out with impeachment, Ms. Green said in a brief phone interview. Mr. Trump's dinner with Ms. Green came just two nights before Speaker McCarthy announced his decision on Tuesday to 
order the opening of an impeachment inquiry into President Biden under intense pressure from his right flank. So the point they're trying to get to here is that Trump was pushing for this impeachment. I mean, he was having these private conversations that he didn't want anyone to know about. And then the people he was having private conversations with got in touch with the New York Times and told them what was talked about. Makes sense, doesn't it? Let's get to the good parts. They say that an unnamed person who was not authorized to publicly discuss the conversations says that Mr. Trump encouraged the effort both privately and publicly. Oh, thank goodness we have an unnamed source for that, even though we have named sources already saying the same thing. Ms. Green, who has introduced articles of impeachment against Mr. Biden, said she told Mr. Trump that she wanted the impeachment inquiry to be long and excruciatingly painful for Joe Biden. She would not say what Mr. Trump said in response, but she said her ultimate goal was to have a long list of names, people whom she claimed were co-conspirators involved in Biden family crimes. She said she was confident Mr. Trump would win back the White House in 2024 and that she wanted to, quote, go after every single one of them and use the Department of Justice to prosecute them, which, by the way, is totally acceptable and desirable when people have committed real crimes. And how about this gem? A person familiar with Mr. Trump's thinking said that despite his eagerness to see an inquiry move forward, the former president has not been twisting McCarthy's arm. Mr. Trump has been far more aggressive in pushing several members to wipe his own impeachment record clean, the person said, potentially by getting Congress to take the unprecedented step of expunging his two impeachments from the House record. Is that going to happen? Of course it's going to happen. Why is that going to happen? Because the impeachments are fake. So this article is supposed to paint Donald Trump as being the primary mover here, the guy that wants this impeachment inquiry to happen. And then the article actually proves that's not true. All standard issue villagers are going to take away from this, though, is that Donald Trump is once again scheming in the background and he has finally been caught by the mainstream media. As is often said, these people are stupid. It also does not matter what Donald Trump is going to say to the public about impeachment. As always, Donald Trump is directing a public narrative. He is directing the public conversation. He will always express a variety of viewpoints, knowing that eventually these viewpoints will converge. Yet another reason why it is so profoundly stupid to focus on individual claims made by Donald Trump years ago or weeks ago or days ago. He is directing a public narrative. He is not expressing his deeply held principles in every single statement. Again, these people are terrible at analyzing information, and that includes everybody, of course, within the ridiculous Ron DeSantis op who continue to use this exact tactic against Donald Trump, thinking that after 10 months, maybe things will turn around and everyone will realize they've been right the whole time, even though the entire time they have taken the rising star of the GOP establishment and destroyed his career. But they basically make it out like if Donald Trump has a chocolate muffin in his hand and three months ago he said that blueberry muffins were his favorite muffins of all time. Now, somehow he was lying about blueberry muffins and showing everyone that he really doesn't like blueberry muffins that much and that he is also just totally faithless and not a man of his word. These people make no sense. Donald Trump is directing a public narrative. 
any singular expression, you might be able to pick out where he suggests a view on impeachment. That doesn't matter at all. He is simply seeding various conversations. And all of that should be made secondary, obviously, because Donald Trump hinted at how all of this would go down years ago. See if you remember this from January 2021. The 25th Amendment is of zero risk to me, but will come back to haunt Joe Biden and the Biden administration. As the expression goes, be careful what you wish for. Now, at the time, Nancy Pelosi was making demands of Donald Trump's cabinet, saying that Donald Trump should be removed through the 25th Amendment because Donald Trump had gone crazy, staging that very violent insurrection, trying to overthrow the government, trying to overturn the results of a very, very free and fair, safe and secure election. Donald Trump had to be removed immediately because the country couldn't wait for him to be in office for two more weeks. During that time, he was going to start a nuclear war. That's really what we were told by that old batshit crazy lady, Nancy Pelosi. Trump had to be removed by the 25th Amendment or we might be in nuclear war. So Donald Trump was responding to that, saying Joe Biden actually has to worry about the 25th Amendment. And all of this talk, these people should be careful what they wish for, because in the future, it could come back around. And here we are now in the future. And guess what? It's coming back around. Here is the Washington Examiner from yesterday. Trump tells GOP to call out the 25th Amendment after Biden-Iran deal. Former President Donald Trump called on Republicans Tuesday morning to use the 25th Amendment, which involves presidential succession in the case the president cannot carry out the powers and duties of the office, claiming a new prisoner swap deal with Iran shows that President Joe Biden is, quote unquote, incompetent. On Monday, the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks, the Biden administration revealed to Congress it had moved forward with a controversial deal with Iran for the release of five detained Americans in exchange for the unfreezing of six billion dollars. The move was quickly criticized by many on the right. Trump chimed in on Tuesday morning, writing on Truth Social. So let's get this straight. We did a hostage trade with Iran. We gave them five very tough, smart people that they desperately wanted. We likewise got back five people, but we also gave them six billion dollars. How much of a kickback does crooked Joe Biden get? Does anyone realize how much money six billion dollars is? When I was president, I got back 58 hostages for zero money. Remember Pastor Brunson? It sets a terrible precedent. Republicans Call out the 25th Amendment now. Biden is incompetent. The article also notes the 25th Amendment was ratified in 1967, prompted due to concerns over presidential succession following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. The amendment was used in the 1970s when President Richard Nixon nominated Gerald Ford to succeed Vice President Spiro Agnew, who resigned in 1973. Then when Nixon resigned in 1974, Ford succeeded him and later nominated Nelson Rockefeller to fill the role of vice president. Under the sections that stipulate the chain of events when a president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, Presidents Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush made use of the amendment. Both men used the amendment to transfer power to their vice presidents 
for a period of hours while they underwent colon procedures under anesthesia. So a special constitutional power was enacted following the assassination by the CIA of John F. Kennedy. And it's funny because that power makes it easier to have a president removed without having to go through all the trouble of blowing his brains out. Isn't it great to have that as part of the Constitution and know that it was implemented in a time of great tragedy and crisis? Sounds a lot like the Patriot Act. I wonder if there will be a challenge in the near future around the constitutional validity of the 25th Amendment. It seems like we're having all of the amendments challenged, doesn't it? But the takeaway here is that Donald Trump has started the conversation about the 25th Amendment being used for Joe Biden. The public discussion will begin. Is that the proper remedy? Should we be pushing for that to happen? And while that is argued and debated, people will learn about the 25th Amendment and when it can be used, why it should be used, why it shouldn't. And as I said, maybe we will get to the point of discussing its constitutionality in the first place. All of these discussions are important ones for the American public to have. But you will notice that Donald Trump is not out there being the primary proponent for Joe Biden's impeachment. Other people can do that. The discussion can be had outside of Donald Trump. Donald Trump knows that Joe Biden is illegitimate. Donald Trump has never stopped talking about election fraud. There's no doubt in his mind about the status of Joe Biden. And I have a feeling he probably knows where all of this is going. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!